So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. What is going on, everyone? Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday, whatever the hell the name for Sunday is. Who knows? Who cares? Happy holiday season. We are here. It is a Friday night. Uh, once again, on the Sports Kitty Wrestling YouTube, Twitter, and yes, the Facebook channel. What's going on, Ozzy? What's going on, Chris? Everybody else getting up in the chat. We appreciate that. Molly here as well. Good evening to you. What's going on, Chris? And yes, again, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. We appreciate that, Ozzy. And no, Ozzy, Sid is not the trivia. Oh, what wrong one? Tri- uh, Sid is not the trivia champion. He did I'm not clown. title match. And I still have not actually been eliminated because still there is nobody who has gotten more questions right than me. He was just close on a tiebreaker. But, 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 but let's get this clear. Team SP3 beat Team Rick. So on, there's only one person on this show, ladies and gentlemen, that is undefeated in the Sports Kita Wrestling Trivia Federation. And I that the, is I was the count out. I was the count out elimination in this. Literally counted out because I was off by one. By one. Sat was closer by one on a stupid tiebreaker. We should have had to go to another question. Ladies and gentlemen, your uncrowned Sports Keto Wrestling Trivia Federation Champion of the World, SP3. I want to thank Dutch. Dutch helped me out a lot. I appreciate Dutch. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Dutch. And that's you, keep, you, you keep talking like that. I'm gonna take my belt, put it in my fridge, and go elsewhere. If you keep talking like that, all right, that's you know, we'll we'll have to handle that at some point down that's the line. That's the only way you would be able to keep that title. It's not facing me. Uh, what's going on, Dutch? You're on the show too. What's up, man? He blistered you. I there like you to st- I like to start a Rick. Lighten up, brother. Uh, you know. <laughs> Hey, you take, I'm in a good you take mood. things so seriously. I am in a great mood, sir. I am in a fantastic mood. 12 and 0. Back yeah. to back undefeated seasons for my UC Bearcats. So ain't nothing going to bring me down, even Sid's BS tonight. And even, well, we had three hours of wrestling. That, that's yeah, not a, that's we not, did. Hey, we had three shows, uh, two shows, three hours of. Okay, uh, I got a question tonight. before we get started. Yeah. Seth Rollins got rolled on Raw, didn't he? Uh, what was it? What was the deal there? He got uh, speared, is what happened. I know, but how'd the guy get in? Great question. Brooklyn has a history of this. If you remember, this was the same arena where Bret Hart got taken down during the Hall of Fame induction speech from the exact same spot, the exact same side. I don't know how this dude got past security 
And not only that, was able to sprint and get up to full speed and take out Seth Rollins the way that he did. He did I a 30-yard dash. No, it was a little little bit of a jaunt. And he hit there, him. And There was nothing that Rollins could do. Like, Rollins didn't even see the guy until the last second. He looks out of the corner of his eye, and then, boom, he gets gang-tackled and basically puts him in a guillotine. And waits for security to show up, which thankfully wasn't uh, wasn't very long at all. But yeah, man, I don't know how that happens. How does that happen twice in the same arena within two years? With all the security they got around there, really, literally, they're how- paying somebody too much. So okay, the guy they took him to jail, I guess, right? They arrested yeah. him, yeah. and he got out, and he did this interview the very next day. Yeah. He's got some screws loose, doesn't he? A little bit, you think? Uh, I don't think he has any screws left at all uh, based off of that video. This is a guy who clearly uh, thinks he's part of the show or something, said he did it for for Roman. He did it for the bloodline. He did it for yeah. the family. He's asking Vince for he a was- contract. I mean, this guy is, is gone. several tacos short of a combination platter. Yeah, he had a Rick Uccino shirt on. Is all I well, know. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know where he got those because I don't sell merch. I got a, I got a very strict no merch policy. But, man. But I'm going to tell you, and I was looking at that, and I, I'm thinking, you know, we used to get, that stuff used to happen to us all the time. I mean, not necessarily they'd run in from the blind side, but we used to fight fans all the time because the security wasn't there and he's lucky and i don't know what the guy's motive was or what his intentions were but he's lucky the guy didn't have a weapon yeah if he had a knife or blade you know it could be a totally different story and i'm glad seth didn't get hurt now back in the day when i've seen it happen they would take the guy in the back room now this was the days before all the cameras at all and they just take him in a room, close the door, and have a couple of guys just walk the dog on him. So, and then they would arrest him and take him out after the guy gets. I don't. You yeah, say, well, it's th- two on one or three on one. Yeah, well, but he started yeah. it. He yeah. started it, and if you can't finish it, then don't start it. Yeah, so, the uh, the this guy was much luckier than the dude in Brooklyn because there was no Cash Wheeler there. To just jaw jack that guy. I was because my dude Jimmy Yang was standing right there as they're taking that guy out. And I text him after the show. I was like, dude, I was waiting for you to just clock that dude. And he was like, I had a clean shot. I was like, yeah. you should have taken the damn thing. I actually ran into uh, Jimmy and he he told me to tell you hi. Oh, hi. He could have just texted me. Saw him at the, at the hotel for uh, for media. I mentioned something about sports keto wrestling. He was like, oh, yeah, my man Rick works there. I was like, yeah, I seen his match. He was like, was it good? I was like, I'll claim it if you thought it was gl- good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Jimmy's a good guy. But uh, yeah, man, that that's the thing. And that, at least with all the metal detectors and everything nowadays to get through into shows, like it would be hard to get a weapon in there. Not that it's impossible. But yeah, man, you don't know what the hell's going on with these guys. And I guess well, he came through the back, and you don't know what weapon he could have picked up just in the back. It's true. true. If he found they were working on something, he could get a screwdriver. He could get anything. I mean, I, I, was I don't more... think that was his intention, but 
I was really surprised by uh, his his uh, listing. He's only five foot four, one hundred and seventy pounds or something like that. Oh mm-hmm. crap! No, that was that was what he marked out as at, at the uh, at the police station. Hmm. Crazy. 170 not look good on 5'4", I'll say that much. No, nah, it makes you look heavy, and he looked, <laughs> he looked much bigger than he actually was there. Now, there was yeah. also, I, I guess part of this was, I think 5'4 reported that he was, like, catfished by somebody online pretending to be <laughs> Seth Rollins. So here I, is, Great story. That, yeah, that is, here, here the story's is getting my, better now. Here's my PSA for the day. If you think you're talking to a WWE superstar online... Mm. You're not, unless it's a verified Twitter or Instagram account. You're not. I'm sorry to I'm sorry to burst your bubble and break all shatter your hopes and dreams. You're not. Stop it. But but if he was catfish, still that doesn't explain how he got backstage. Unless unless now he had help. I don't well, know if he came from backstage. I think he came from the side. From the yeah. side. Well, he came, no, he came from the side, but. Yeah, that's where that's where you. It's all backstage. All that's controlled. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just can't come in from the side. I mean, that's uh, all the. I he jumped the guardrail somewhere and then yeah. hopped up onto the stage. I don't think he actually came from behind the stage because this, especially the way that this new set is is set up, it's it's wide open. And I mean, yeah. it would be really, it's a lot easier than you would think to hop up there. I. Still, though, a couple security guards should have just nabbed this dude before he even got anywhere close enough to sniff Seth Rollins, let alone gang tackle his ass and, and bring him down to the ground. Dude, 30-yard dash, 30-yard dash into that man. How did you not figure out he's a – the camera was still on him, so the camera thought he was a part of the show as well. So I think I think security so, saw him jump and then thought he was a part of the show. So the raw camera was still on him? Yeah. For the about half a second. Okay. Caught, the, caught the spear part at the very least. They didn't catch. Yeah, it. he got taken down, and then they cut, and then they ran the video package of the replay of what happened with um, Rollins and uh, <laughs> who, who he beat up, Finn Balor. And then by the time it comes back, Rollins is back on stage, going, "Ah, I'm the best." Now I will say, when Rollins came back out at the end of the night, and he started doing his, just to make sure the coast was yeah. clear. I don't think Seth Rollins could have played that entire night out any better. He was a a, a pro. Look at DJ Eric here spending five dollars to to hype up SP3. Okay, the fine folks at Sports Keto Wrestling, thank you for your contribution there, uh, DJ Eric. I am a man of the people. I'm just like all of you, ladies and gentlemen. I am just a professional wrestling fan who just knows a lot of information about trivia. That's why Rick has been ducking me uh, so long. So that's why you stopped him. Yes, that's uh, why. That's why you, I not only you didn't do did anything, I, but well, Dutch, Dutch. Not only did I stomp him. You remember yeah. what I said last week? What did I say last week? I said we would sweep him, and we did just that. Like another great New Yorker or New York Yankee of the past, Babe Ruth, I called my shot, and I hit a home run. Okay, what came first, the sweeping or the mopping? Ah, uh, the sweeping. We sweep okay. first, and then we mop. We want to up. look all shiny and stuff when well, it goes back. Rick, know. I got to ask now you. Now DJ Eric is, wants a is piece. This, is this true? Did you lose? I personally did not lose. No, you lost. I did not. No. Okay, Dutch. Does this count? 
All right. So it was 2-2 going into the final question. <laughs> we both got it wrong, which, by the way, Sat answered incorrectly the first time. And then the judge allowed him to answer again to where he got it wrong twice because he misheard the question. So he answered wrong in the first place. And then the judge allowed him to answer again. And he got it wrong again. I also got it wrong, but I we had to guess a number, and whoever was ever closest got to move on, and I was off by one. Boy, that yeah. does sound that does sound a little bit dicey. Thank you. So Thank I'm you just saying, but you, did he lose, Sid? He lost. That's he lost. what that matters. He I still lose. don't know how John Alba did not remember that Lana was a sole survivor. That literally happened last year. Sitting here screaming. If I had if I had gone second, I would have swept. I would have got all five right. Swept. 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 Mom. You got swept. Joke. You got we swept. need we got freaking Sonia Deville in charge of this freaking uh trivia league we got going on here. This is just <laughs> biased officiating. I win a match and then we gotta change all the rules and then I keep winning, and then we gotta then we got people answering wrong questions Sam, wrong, but somehow I still lose. I gotta I think to clear this up, you're going to have to write out a clear definition of the rules. Okay. Send it to them. They have to sign it. And they keep changing every freaking week. All right, we're 12 minutes into the show. Should we still maybe talk? Yeah, about let's some- just talk some wrestling here. I'm about, I'm about ready to go. <laughs> well, I thought, we Smackdown, do- I thought SmackDown was good this week. I really do. I thought it was okay. I thought Rampage was okay. It was it was three hours of wrestling tonight. I'll 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 say that. Sid, I know you loved Rampage tonight. I I really enjoyed the opener and the main event of uh, Rampage. I thought both were very good to great with the main event. Uh, just gritty as hell. Uh, I I love me some Eddie Kingston, probably my favorite wrestler at the moment, not named Thunder Rosa. Uh, so yeah, I really enjoyed, uh, Rampage. The Reho Baker match was, uh, pretty good as well. Uh, SmackDown, it was a show. It was a show. Um, the Battle Royal, I enjoyed. The Battle Royal, I thought was entertaining. I, I found Cesaro and Rich Holland pretty good. Other than that, I probably won't remember this show next week. You know what? To be honest, I would say this is going to be shocking. I think this tonight overall was the best showing for um, Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss for the entire time that they have been a thing. I think yeah. this has been the best showing for both of them as a team that they've had. Now, granted, that's not saying much because what we've seen out of them for the majority of the time are these horrendous jet dad jokes that are embarrassing even for dad jokes. But I thought the tag team match with... Uh, McIntyre and Jeff Hardy was was fun uh, for what it was. And they finally made me laugh in the damn battle royal with their spot where Madcap was like, ah, you thought I was going to chuck you out. And then Happy Corbin was like, yeah, but I'm going to go ahead and chuck you out because you're a dumbass. I actually laughed at that. That's the first time they got a laugh out of me in the entire time that they've been a team. So I got to give them tonight. This was their best showing so far. Not saying much, but it was still their best showing. Hey, was not uh, Nakamura? Is that his name? Was he there? Uh, he was on TV. He didn't do anything. Okay. Well, well, actually, he did. He had the coolest spot of the night when he kicked Umberto Carrillo through the table uh, while he was shredding the the guitar. So uh, there that is. We still can't. We still can't get anything going for our Intercontinental Champion. 
We'll get to that coming up. But most of the show tonight was centered around one Roman Reigns. And Kayla Braxton had a uh, a, a nice little uh, angle here going on tonight. Uh, pretty that much was good. very good. Yeah, Kayla Braxton show. was my MVP of SmackDown. And Heyman. Yeah, I think always got to berate the reporters. Always got to berate the reporters. Special place in my heart for those reporters because, well, I am one. Uh, but Heyman uh, just tears her down to shreds. Talking about rumors about Brock Lesnar's uh, uh, indefinite suspension possibly being lifted. Reigns then gets on the mic and says everyone's a loser compared to him, which, you know, if we saw on Survivor Series, yeah, that's accurate. Calls Brock Lesnar the number one loser. He shits on the Battle Royal tonight, says it doesn't matter who wins, says you can give four or five people the win tonight. Good Um, interview. Here's the interesting thing. He said his time could be up sooner rather than later. Now, I did find that to be kind of out of place for everything that he was talking about there. He did bring up his contract uh, in the whole egg saga uh, over the weekend on uh, at Survivor Series. Explain the egg saga. You want me to explain the egg saga to you? Please, I didn't see it. So this was a giant movie plug, basically. Um, The movie's called Red Notice. Red Notice. Um, which is on Netflix and stars The Rock and Ryan Reynolds and the chick who plays Wonder Woman, whose name is escaping me, Gal Gadot. Um, and it's uh, a heist movie, basically, and they're stealing Cleopatra's egg. Mm-hmm. Or there's three of them or something like that. I'm only 20 minutes into the movie. Um, which I guess the I, I guess the what spot do you watch work movies? because he got me to watch it. What do you watch, movies and segments or what? I have two kids, so yes, I watch movies. Okay. Okay, I'm just, I'm just kidding, Rick. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know. Oh, uh, so anywho, so apparently Netflix or the producers or the production company or whatever paid an obscene amount of money to do this spot with WWE, and they stretched this storyline out over two nights, Survivor Series and Monday Night Raw, where Vince McMahon shows up at Survivor Series, and apparently he has not a prop. But the real Cleopatra egg that was gifted to him by The Rock, because Survivor Series is all about The Rock, even though he wasn't there. Uh, And then so he has this hundred million dollar egg that he's leaving sit right on his desk and it disappears. And then it's all of a sudden who done it. And then on Monday night, it turns out it was Austin Theory who did it because he wanted to get a selfie with it. And then security approached him and he kind of got nervous and ran off. And for some reason, he got a WWE title shot out of it. It's the short and skinny of it. Hey, that makes perfect sense. Right? Yeah. 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 It, was, like it was very it was an excellent angle. Uh definitely. But I, again, I guess it worked because it got me to turn on the movie. Uh <laughs> between that and the Pizza Hut spot, as uh as Raju brings up, yeah, pretty much the entire Street Profits angle from I Tell me about the Pizza Hut spot. Was that on that, that was, was on, on Monday, wasn't it? That was on Survivor Series. Was I was there. Series? I was there live for that. Yeah. yeah. How was that? So basically they built and said, remind me, refresh me on that. Cause you were there. I know the street profits were involved in this, but they built an entire angle around an entire match around a pizza hut commercial. Basically. Yeah. The, uh, the rock 25th anniversary, 25 man battle Royal was, was sponsored it, yeah. by pizza hut with their new, uh, three dish thing. And then, uh, Omos who won, wanted to get the pizza afterwards. AJ, Got it stolen from him by the Street Profits. And then they threw pizza in the crowd. Yes, they threw pizza into a Brooklyn crowd. 
No wonder someone jumped the rail. <laughs> That's funny. First jumped off, the rail. Pizza, no more pizza. No more pizza. That pizza was cold. That pizza was stale. That pizza was probably a prop. Yes. I, I will say, as somebody who has actually caught a New Day pancake, believe me when I tell you, catching food from a WWE superstar is not as glamorous as you would think it would be. I, I wouldn't think it would be. <laughs> I actually, oh, this is, okay, funny story before we get on. When I was at Raw in Cincinnati, it was right after Kofi had won the WWE championship, and he's pulling these pancakes out of his WWE title belt, and he's chucking them into the crowd. This guy sprinted down from the upper deck, like down like several flights of stairs. And he was almost to the bottom before he slipped, fell on his ass, and then slid <laughs> all the, <laughs> the rest down the steps all the way to the floor just to get one of these nasty-ass pancakes, which, by the way, when he was walking up, went right over his head and hit me in the hand. <laughs> Great story. Uh, you eat, did you eat the pancake? Um, no, I did not. Uh, but somebody close to me did eat part of the pancake. And it, trust me, it's just one of these like Kroger frozen pancake things. It's it's not. It was cold. It was no. Plus, it hit the floor. I'm not. And I'm no, not, uh, no syrup on it either. No, I'm not. I'm not a savage. All right. If I want a pancake, I'll go to IHOP. Uh, all right. So anyway, everything's built around Roman Reigns tonight, and one. Who's going to be the next challenger for the Universal Championship? And then Kayla Braxton. Is she going to be able to find a source, a confirmation about whether or not Brock Lesnar's suspension is going to be lifted? And miraculously, uh, she finds out at the end of the night. But let's start off with Roman Reigns. We get this, uh, this battle royal, the Black Friday battle royal. Couple little minor storylines built in here. I think the most interesting thing here was the, the lack of two people who were involved in this match. One being King Woods, who has been feuding with Roman Reigns leading up to this battle royal. Now, according to Bleacher Report, Woods asked for this week off, so that might have a lot to do with that. Uh, and then, for whatever reason, they exclude Drew McIntyre from the damn thing. He goes back there. He talks to Adam Pierce. He talks to Sonya Deville. He's like, hey, I'm just making sure. Hey, you know, I, I, I should be in this thing. I want to be in this thing. Make sure I'm in this damn thing. And then, of course, he's not there. And then when he finds out that he's not there, they get all 20 people in the ring. And then he comes down with Angela and attempts murder on 20 people. Adam Pierce comes out and says, what the hell are you doing? He's like, make me leave, damn it. And then we come back from a commercial break and he's gone. He made, uh, him, leave. He made him leave, apparently. He, he, he made, Adam Pierce can't take on Brock Lesnar, but a big-ass Drew McIntyre with a sword, no problem. Um, so they get Drew out of there. And then, yeah, we, we have the Battle Royal and... They made you think Jeff Hardy was going to win tonight in front of uh, in front of that North Carolina crowd. They really made you think it was going down. And then Sami Zayn eliminates Jeff Hardy at the end of the match. So Sami Zayn has the Universal Championship match, which in my mind, I'm in my heart of hearts, I'm going, this could be really cool. Sami Zayn's going to get a shot at the Universal Championship. And then, of course, they completely blow off his moment with Kayla Braxton going into the earpiece, like I've just been told that Brock Lesnar's coming back, which tells me that this Sami Zayn match is not going to be very much. And it's probably a good thing that Jeff Hardy didn't win this thing in the end. Sid. I think he'll get the match. Oh, he'll get it. Yeah. It ain't going to mean much though. In the no. grand scheme of things. Well, it can only mean just a little bit anyway, just for the entertainment value of it. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. He'll probably have a good match, but so what do you think happened then? 
Uh, he's I mean, gonna be, I he's think, gonna be back next week, right? Yeah, Lesnar will be back next week. What do you think is gonna happen? Uh, I think they're hot shotting him sooner rather than later. They may push Sammy's shot off to day one, and then it's gonna be probably Brock and and Roman at the Royal Rumble would be my guess, which means maybe it's it it's gonna be Roman and Drew at WrestleMania if they're not giving Drew the title shot right now. There's if they're bringing Brock back now. Oh, they say they are. They say they are, and they're advertising yeah. him for next week. They say he's going to be there next week. If they're bringing him back now, he's getting another shot sooner rather than later. That would be my. That's what they're telling me anyway. By that, that's what can, I'm getting into. Can you to. verify that, Kayla? Uh, I cannot. We but that would be verification. Rumors. It's rumors. Rumors and speculation. You're making it up. And assumptions. Well, but interesting. That that's my church, the Our Lady of Perpetual Assumption. That's what I do. <laughs> that's good. Great job there. <laughs> um, so I think Sammy Zayn won it, but uh, he Brock is coming back. Yes, but it, think... uh, this is what they've done. They've made people think now. How do you connect this together? So, and they don't know what to think, but, you know, I think they'll watch, they'll watch next week. Let me ask you one thing before we get too deep in this. What was Rampage's rating last week? Number? Over uh, 500,000 again. And, and what was uh, SmackDown? I think SmackDown did over 2 million. Wow. That's a lot of people on a Friday night. Yes. I think so. there's two possibilities with Sami Zayn winning this Battle Royal. Either we get a quick match on TV between Roman and Sami. I think that there's no shot in hell that Sami Zayn is in a Universal Championship matchup at a pay-per-view. Don't think that's happening. Just don't. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if this was Sami Zayn of 2015, Sami Zayn of NXT... El Generico, yeah, I would believe so. But this iteration of Sami Zayn, not going to be opposite Roman Reigns in a main event of a pay-per-view. It's just not going to happen. So uh, unless, I, unless there's a babyface turn coming here. Nothing. Still, I, nothing we saw tonight said babyface turn. Yeah, Even if it was, he's still not. He needs a lot of maintenance yes. done to him. Because they've done too much under silly stuff with him and you got to let that wear off. They need like, to do something to him. If they want to get him off, they need to do something to him to kind of really make the people feel sorry for him. He's lost every freaking week. He lost on Monday against Damian Priest. Like, this is the same good dude that has won a total of seven times in four years. Yes, I, I kid you not, ladies and gentlemen, Sami Zayn has won singles or battle royals. He's possibly, I think it's seven or eight. He's probably won seven or eight matches in four years. This is not the strong contender or the strong challenger we've been asking for for Roman Reigns. I, I'm a, I like the Roman Reigns story, but I, I've been feeling like this for a couple of months now. And only going back and reverting back to Brock Lesnar kind of confirms this. I think they have hit a wall with this Roman Reigns story. They have built him up so big, so powerful, 
that literally the only people that we think can be him is John Cena or Brock Lesnar. Literally yep. no one that we see week to week do we think can beat Roman Reigns. Well, you and have two you have two contenders now. You got uh, Drew and you have Hardy that the people have faith in. And going back to your question, uh, Mr. Rick, he said sooner or later. Mm -hmm. So if Brock is coming back, they may switch this thing for a, a short period. But see, that presents a problem all to itself. You switch it. How do you get it off of it? Well, it'll be Roman taking it off of him at WrestleMania. So we'll get Roman and Brock at... This is what WWE would do is they would open up the show with Brock taking the belt off of Roman at well, if they did it at day one, which I don't think they're gonna do Roman and 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 Brock at day one. I think that's a royal day one's one. in Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. Day one, Atlanta, New Year's Day. I, I highly doubt that's the match that we get at day one. To me, it screamed like Xavier Woods was the logical choice there. Maybe that's still the route that they go if they just do a quick squash match with Sammy. Maybe next week, who knows? They, they, hell, they could have announced the match on on Twitter while we're on the air right now. Who the hell knows? Um, mm -hmm. But if if Sammy's just there as kind of a not a very formidable one, but a roadblock basically for Roman Reigns between Roman Reigns and there, maybe we get Xavier Woods or somebody else in that spot. But Royal Rumble, I think if if Brock takes the belt off of Roman, Roman will enter the Royal Rumble. Roman will win the Royal Rumble. The main event will be Ro Ro Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, and Roman will win the belt back, and we'll be right back to where we were yeah. today. Wait, you think you think Roman Reigns is losing his title before WrestleMania? He's that's what I. It's, it's he said if they make the switch there. That's the I, scenario that plays. They're out. They're not making a switch. They would have done that at, at Sweet Saudi Money Six. They would have done it there. They would have. <laughs> They would have done the title change there. Roman is holding on to this title. Rumor, rumor. It's a rumor. Rumor and innuendo. But <laughs> if, if he was going to drop that title, it was going to be in Saudi Arabia because that's that's their most lucrative event of the year. He's not. I don't think he's going to drop it at the Royal Rumble or at day one or on any SmackDown before WrestleMania. I think he's going to walk into WrestleMania once again, the Universal Champion. And plus... If he gets, I think if he gets to to Royal Rumble as champion, he becomes the longest reigning Universal Champion of all time, passes Brock Lesnar's record. Because they mentioned the 453 days, they mention it every week, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. they're counting to something. So he's going to break the record. Uh -huh. He'll break the record. He'll get well over 500 days. Um, yeah, I mean, and this is something that we've talked about for weeks now. When you look at the landscape of the SmackDown men's division after the draft where a lot of former champions and a lot of your high-level guys went over to Monday Night Raw, we looked at the SmackDown roster and we went, well, it's Drew or it's Brock. When is it going to happen? Who's it going to be? And they haven't really built anybody up yet. So it looked like they were building Xavier up. I still don't think he's going to be the guy to take the belt off of him. So who else is there? You look at a guy like Jeff Hardy, and I'm not saying that Jeff Hardy is going to be the guy that takes the title off of him. But Jeff Hardy is still insanely over. It's not just North yeah, Carolina. It's not just Brooklyn. I've been to three shows this year where Jeff Hardy has been on the card in three different cities, and he got one of the loudest damn pops of the night. It would be so easy for them to just flip the switch and just have Jeff Hardy be a top singles contender again. He wrestle. 
His promos are the best, but they never have been the best. It, it doesn't matter. He's over. Yes. Yeah. He didn't get over because of his interviews. He got over because of all that stuff he does that he still does. Yeah. And his interviews are a lot better than they used to be. So, but they thought, do have they do have two guys they can work with, and that's McIntyre and that is Hardy. So they're not really is in as bad a shape as they were six months ago. Remember we was talking about it. They have no bench. Yeah. But their bench is better now, even with getting rid of everybody. I thought they would have went with Hardy here. I think the the whole to answer uh, Paul he, Paul's here. Uh, what was the point not not to have Drew in the Battle Royal? I think that this is the slow burn. To Wait a minute. Drew Wait a minute. Roman. I'll call Vince and I'll get back to you. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you hop on that for us? I, hey Vince, pal. What's what the hell? <laughs> God damn it. I think we're getting Drew versus Roman at Royal Rumble. That's where I think it's going to happen. They're not going to have, I don't think they're going to have Drew win another Raw Rumble. So I think that the way they get to another Drew versus Roman matchup is this. This is the the slow. They they can come up with the story that it was Roman that got him removed from the Battle Royal to build into Raw Rumble. They are, they have done, although I said, like, I feel like the Roman Reigns story has hit a wall. And a lot of that comes down to the last couple of months because I feel like. This whole this whole title reign was built very nicely up until SummerSlam. When Roman when uh Brock came back, I feel like they have put more focus on that feud more than his title reign. When you have a ring having to break for him to beat the demon, and then he just beats Big E with two moves on on uh Sunday, that makes Big E look bad. Honestly, like this is this when you when you get to the point where you've built someone up so much mm-hmm. that his future wins, that he wins clean, hurts other people or hurts the person that he beats clean because of some of the other finishes he have. I think that they have hit the point of no return with Roman where I don't know when this title reign is going to end. I feel like every title reign, especially long title reigns, you should kind of see the contender coming. Like when it was AEW and Kenny Omega was on his long run, you saw Hangman Page running. Even in WWE, the 434-day reign of CM Punk, kind of people saw The Rock coming like midway through because they made that announcement in like July. When it comes to Brock Lesnar's 500-something days with the Universal title, you had Roman Reigns in the waiting to become the deck champion. There's no one like that for Roman. Like it's, so, it's, it's just guesses everywhere. So one of the factors you're considering – is that Roman will beat Brock's? You say Brock went 500 days. Yes. And you think they're gonna have Roman go and sort of take that from him? Yes. Okay, that could be part of the story. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Rick? Loser of the trivia games. I didn't lose nothing. Uh it it definitely makes a lot of sense, the fact that they calling this a historic title run and they keep you know keeping tabs every single week saying how many days that, that, that he has been, uh, mm-hmm. he has been on this. And so Brock Lesnar's run with the belt was 503 days from April 2nd of 2017 to August 19th of 2018. 453 days as of today. So he's 50 days away from tying it uh, right now, which yeah, by the time he makes it to the Royal, yeah, he'll be well over that at that point. So mm-hmm. they they keep saying it's historic, and they even though it's not because it's not the longest title reign yet, 
Um, but he is well over a year. He has run through a lot of people, and that's what he said tonight. That's basically what they came out in their promos. Like, look, they flat out told you there ain't no, there ain't nobody left. Roman Reigns has literally beaten every worthy competitor they have, with the exception of Big E and Drew McIntyre. Yes, he beat them both, but not as title challengers. He beat them at Survivor Series in back-to-back years, and the Usos helped him beat Drew McIntyre. So, or at least Jimmy did, or uh, JJ. Okay. So at least the Drew thing makes sense to me. And if out of anybody that we've talked about, if it's going to be Brock or if it's going to be Drew or whoever, I would choose Drew a million times over Brock because Brock doesn't need the damn win. Okay, who took him out of the Battle Royal, do you think? I think it was Roman. I I think that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, could be. Because Roman, as confident as he plays and says that he's smashed and stacked everybody, he occasionally will let it slip He'll let it show. And he's he's really brilliant at doing that subtly when he's threatened by somebody. And clearly after that match that he had at last year's Survivor Series, he's threatened by by Drew McIntyre. And who the hell wouldn't be? Mm-hmm. Big six foot five, two hundred and eighty pi- eighty-five pound guy wielding a sword. Who wouldn't be threatened by that guy? That so doesn't kip up. Clear out of, yeah, who doesn't kip up? Who's that that freaking claymore he hit on Madcap tonight was <laughs> Oh yeah, it was good. That was damn good. That was damn good. That was some of the best. That was one of the best ones I've seen in a while outside of the one that he gave to Ricochet. So I think Sid theory there of Drew of Roman keeping Drew out makes a ton of sense because um, I like the idea of Adam Pierce being threatened because we've seen that he's vulnerable now. He, he even made that mention that uh, the, the therapy sessions that I had to go through after Brock kicked my ass. Uh, so I think he's he's really kind of vulnerable, and uh, the the two authority figures, Sonya, the one that doesn't really back down from anybody. I thought her and Sasha had a really good exchange uh, tonight, even though they they keep moving the goalpost on this thing between her and Naomi. That needs to pay off sooner rather than later. Let me. But, uh, but I, I didn't understand what they were doing tonight. She got up and she was applauding her, and it kind of like it's still there. It's still there, yeah, but they're just kicking the can down the road, which to me screams that they don't have an end game. They don't know where this was going when they started it, and this always freaking happens. It's like Rowan and the spider all over (laughs) again. This is an issue with both companies. They think because a feud is in the mid-card, it could just go on and on and on and on and on with no likely destination in sight. Because AEW got that of their own with Orange Cassidy and Matt Hardy, because that feud is still still going on. I'm I'm happy that there was no Matt Hardy sighting on tonight's show. <laughs> uh, and WWE, they got it going on on Raw and SmackDown. Raw got the Mysterio family still uh, losing handicap matches to heels, making them look like baby faces. And then you got on uh, SmackDown Naomi and Sonya Deville, and that. That I don't know when it's going to end. I just don't. I, I liked it a lot in the first couple of weeks, but as it goes on, I'm losing interest. See, they're looking for something to get hot. Like, you know, years ago, when they would shoot an angle, they would shoot it for like three weeks. And if it was really hot, then they would adjust it and stretch it. But yeah. very few went on more than six weeks because then you you you'll just wear it out. That's the problem with you know a lot of promotions. They just keep it running, and just like you said, they think they can run it forever. You got to have a, a cutoff point 
are, are a swaying point in it to where you just go in a different direction and you can come back and grab it at some point. But that drives me nuts too. So like the Naomi and the Sasha, I mean, uh, Sonia De- DeVille thing, like, I, I agree with Rick. They don't know where it's going. I don't think they know. And I think it's changeable because I've been in those creative meetings. They, they change it all the time. So even if you had a clear path to where you wanted to go, the more you talk about it, the more that path would meander along and they stretch it out and end up most of the time kind of taking all the steam off of it. The, we're, going the problem, on, we're going on three months, ladies and gentlemen, of this story. Three, three months. months. The problem is, especially from a week-to-week basis, there's no progression. You can keep the story going as long as it takes some twists and turns and some ups and downs and you move on to a new chapter. We're still on chapter three and we've been on chapter three for two damn months. The The only thing that they've done new in the last two weeks is involve Aaliyah in this. And now they've involved Sasha Banks. Aaliyah, this. where was she tonight? Uh, she was there for about eight seconds. Uh, I, I know I saw her. Ah, she was talking to Kayla Braxton. Right. I knew I saw her. I just had to remember where it was. So no follow-up to any of Aaliyah's stuff uh, in the last two weeks. But she had a match. It was good. Uh, she had a tag match. She got screwed over by Sonya Deville. And now she's back to being backstage talking to various people and being seen on camera and looking pretty. Mm-hmm. And that's what they want her to do, I guess. Um <laughs> but yeah, so that that's the only new wrinkle is now Sonya is being biased against anybody who's friendly to Naomi. But we three damn months we don't know what the issue was. Right out of the gate, something had to have happened, and I don't know if they have a, an idea of what that something is. And that's why they're elongating it is because they can't figure out why why does Sonya hate <laughs> hate Naomi. They don't know. That's why they even easy answer. They're they're even acknowledging that that's the question now. That's that's you know when it's you know when it's bad for WWE when they're yeah. us as fans. What's the answer to you? Do you guys know why Sonya doesn't like Naomi? That's basically what what that whole segment and commentary with Pat McAfee giving her the third degree was about. It was for the fans to try to figure out. Do you guys know why Sonya does? Because we don't. So y'all can come up with an answer, and we'll just go with it. Pat McAfee, by the way, was an MVP tonight on uh, commentary. He was hilarious. But, Stephen, to your question, here or, or to your comment here, they're going to drag it out until day one, Naomi or Sonya. Uh, that's the same exact thing that we said for freaking yeah. SummerSlam. They're going to drag it out until SummerSlam, and then, oh, it's going to be Naomi versus Sonya. And then it was like, oh, well, they'll drag it out to Survivor Series, and then it'll be Naomi versus Sonya. Now we're talking about dragging it out until day one, and then we'll be talking about dragging it out until the Royal Rumble. And maybe that'll finally be the payoff is Sonya puts herself in the Royal Rumble, Naomi eliminates her, and then we never talk about this ever again. So can we safely assume we don't know, we don't have an idea where it's going? No. I mean, we can we can sit here and just say, well, they could do this. and They, they could do a lot of things. What we're saying is they just need to speed it up and get to wherever they're going. If if the happy outcome here or the only outcome here is that we get a semi-team bad reunion, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with a uh, Sasha-Naomi tag team because the women's division 
they need tag teams. They only have technically two. Okay, let me ask you this, and while we're talking about the women, yeah, I thought Charlotte's interview tonight was good. It was perfect. It was exactly what very good. And then here come down Tony and, Storm, and then they ruined it. With- yeah, and then they brought Tony Storm saying the same thing she said last week, and then ends up with cake in her face. I mean, I don't, I didn't mind that too much. It was okay, but Dutch, Dutch, I let did. Me answer- I, I did. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Rick, but I, I was totally done with this whole segment. I agree with you. Charlotte's promo was on point. It was what she would do, the queen would do, in basically washing away the loss that she got at Survivor Series. So I thought that that was, that was on point. But everything from Tony Storm coming out, Tony Storm says something. She basically repeats what she said last week, and Charlotte basically buries her on the mic saying that I'm not worried about you. You're nothing compared to me. And then she buries him physically by by putting the pie in her face. And Tony doesn't even risk. Tony just stands no, there and takes there. it. That, that's the question I was going to ask Dutch. Dutch, if somebody throws a damn pie in your face, you're not going to not do nothing. Like, literally, Tony just stood there and let her hit her with a second pie. Second one. And she and did this. She shimmied over to her doing it. Like, it was like, it was like, yo, it was like this segment was written to make sure that you view Tony Storm one level below Charlotte Flair. Because the way it all went down, it felt like, you know what, Charlotte, we kicked you out the building that other week. We want we want you to write this segment. You write the segment. How do you want this, this to go? Because if I'm Charlotte Flair, that was the perfect segment for me. I got to look good with my promo, wash away that loss I took, and then I got to bury somebody. You know what well, would have been better? Just have Charlotte power bomber through the damn table. That would have been better. You want to embarrass her? You want to cover her in food? Have Charlotte throw her across the table. Have him get into a fight. It spills to the outside, and Charlotte does the old, you know, bar fight where they put her on the desk and they run her across the the top of the bar. Have her do that. Having Tony Storm stand there and take two pies to the face makes her look like, one, a dumbass, and two, a coward, because if somebody throws a damn pie in my face, I'm coming out swinging. I don't care if I can see or not. Well, we'll know not to hit you with the pie in the face now. <laughs> Unless it's for charity. You hit me with a pie. Now, hey, that was that was that was good, Rick. That, that was a good comeback. Yeah. A little bit of humor in here. So we're no me and Sid are looking at you like this. Okay. We won't hit you with the pie. Because you hit us. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they they should have they should have made her look a little stronger, then do something. Put her through the table, like you say, then hit her with the pie. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if it's insult to injury, not the first move. It, it and yes, I had to her- actually, I don't hardly ever laugh at anything on a wrestling show because it's not funny to me. <laughs> but when she's there with the pie, I laughed. I just laughed. <laughs> it was an entertaining laugh, and you know, I wouldn't want to be but, her, but but does should you be laughing at the baby face here? No. That's no, you need to. You she need to get one up on Charlotte. Then have Charlotte do something to her. Exactly. Oh, but guys, it, it, it's she, because we, we're so sympathetic for Tony right now. We're so sympathetic. Sure for her. we are. Now we're behind her. That's what they're doing. 
That's the plan. We're going to make her look as stupid as possible because we've all been clamoring for her to be on TV. They pay attention to social media. That's why she's in this spot in the first damn place. Yep. Well, let me ask you one more question while we're on this segment in SmackDown. Yeah, the what's the guy's name that uh, Seamus is with? What's his name? Holland. Ridge Holland. Ridge, Ridge Holland. Holland. And he came out with Cesaro. And what's the first thing you think when they come out? And um, you see who's winning. Uh, I, I would I would think Rich Holland was going to win, yeah. Now, I kind of thought that too. But I'm glad they changed it, which was better because the guy shouldn't have come in. Cesaro's too good just to be used that way. And they got something out of it. But I, I actually thought the the first hour of Raw was pretty entertaining. I thought yeah. Rich Holland looked pretty solid in this match. He well, needs he, to work on the little things. You know things. who you remind me of? A uh, young Ole Anderson. Hmm. You remember him? Yes. Really you you may, may may have been before your time. That Ole was he was a he was a dog brother. He would he would. I mean, he was over to him him and Gene in Mid Atlantic. They were over. That's why we talk about you know CM Punk getting attacked. Ole got attacked and got about eighty stitches. He come out of the ring. That's how much heat they had. So we didn't used to worry about guns. You worried about knives. Uh, yeah. They would cut the crap out of you. Another guy in Knoxville one time, I think it was John City, he got like 100 stitches. The guy cut him with a hog, hog bill. A what? Way down. A hog bill is like turned a little bit. Oh, God. I think it's called a hog bill. But when oh. he hooked him, see, it's got a point that go, comes out and it hooks. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Ah, okay. Ah. That that hurt me just listening to that. Oh, um, in reference and to this, I'm just gonna, I thought that I'm just gonna curl up was, in the corner here. I I thought that this was a good showcase match because they they showcased and displayed uh, Rich Holland's strength and his talents very well here. It, that's what made me even more think that Rich Holland was gonna win. And then she uh, Cesaro got the win in the end because that was the right way to progress the story because this is just the beginning of this whole uh i guess sheamus is in the middle of a love triangle with his ex-lover and his current lover so i like i mean it. that's basically what it is yeah they explain did that to, explain that to me now oh, the well, lover and the ex-lover yeah well sheamus and cesaro were a tag team back yeah in the day. i got it okay. and they were multi-time i think five-time tag team champions and so yep. at, at one point um, so now you got this new guy, this Ridge Holland, who basically confessed his love to, to Seamus last week. We're, we're, we're speaking facetiously, but he's a big admirer of Seamus. And now Seamus sees this, this young gun. And we have some homo erotica going on here. Like, I could like totally, front of us. I could totally see some fans making fan, uh, fan fiction out of this storyline. <laughs> I can totally see that. I can totally see it. I'm I'm just I'm just saying from uh you know tag tag teams they're like brothers they're like lovers they're golden lovers you know you've seen it all before but uh mm -hmm. a lot yeah. of bonding there a lot of male bonding exactly that's, what that's, all, that's all it is okay it is. I got it so Seamus sees this young guy and says look uh, there's a lot that I could do with him there's a lot I could do with Ridge Holland this is a guy I can mold why do I need busted old ass Cesaro you know why 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 do I need that. They're not giving him a push. They might push this Rich Holland guy. Yeah, they might do that. Uh, I did think Ridge looked good showcasing Too the power moves. Too great.
Oh, Holy Dutch. God. Dutch always hitting them buttons, man. I'll tell you what, Sid, there was one part in this match that just made me go, come the hell on. And then we saw it again later. I cannot stand when somebody gets there's Dutch. There we go. He's back. He's back. Why do you why do you keep cutting me off, Rick? <laughs> You're the Are one you mad at the... me because I, I complained and I just made a little bit of a joke with you about losing the trivia contest to Sid? He's mad at me. See how he is, Sid? Always, always. Anywho, always. there was one spot in this match that drives me absolutely crazy. It's one of my pet peeves. Is when somebody gets rolled up and they just dead fish it. Like they don't even try to kick out. They just sit there flat as a flat as a pancake. Like, all right, not gonna move. I'm supposed to be pinned here. Ridge did it tonight, and surprisingly, Natalia did it. And Natalia should know better than not to do that. Like, just kick. Kick your damn legs. Look like you're trying to get out of the damn thing. Don't just, like, lay still like that. It's one of my biggest pet peeves in wrestling. It's such a small thing. You know what I hate? It looks so much better. You know my pet peeves? I hate almost the same thing. They'll wait to, to their, the closest to the three count as they can get. <laughs> and then they're, and, and their faces go, I can't believe you. go, what the fuck? You know, it pisses me off. I mean... Damn, at least have something big happen to you before you make – I mean, you, you put a big move on the guy and he kicks out. They do it all the time. Who did that? Some guy shot him in today. I think that was a damn Moss guy. And dropped down and then dropped down again. I don't get it. Oh, I figured out the match that uh, – we'll get to this in a minute. But like a no hose barred match, remember – I mean, what holes are barred, really? Uh, I was thinking, I'd say nothing, is, hold, nothing is barred. Nothing's I'd say a barred. Chokehold, but Shana gets to use the cure feet of clutch. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. But anyway, continue. What was the next match? So we can slam this thing. But I kind of like I kind of like the show though. Oh, by the way, somebody uh, somebody asked why the pies and stuff were still sitting there. Yeah, at ringside for the Charlotte segment because that's because it was after Boogs and Angel Garza, uh, in the what the hell they call this the Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving leftover throwdown. Throwdown, excuse me, and literally no food got involved in the match. Nope, none. The only spot was the two dudes who weren't involved in the match. Um, and actually, at first, I was pissed off that it was Boogs who was in the wrestling match tonight and not Shinsuke. And then I heard what the match was, and I'm like, oh, good. Boogs was the right choice for this. Absolutely. Do not put your intercontinental They're pushing at Bo- Boogs more than they're uh, pushing. Uh... Nakamura has been in yeah. more tag team feuds than singles feuds since he won the Intercontinental Championship. He's defended the damn title one time on television. Pisses me off. And of course, he was the only other SmackDown guy to win on Sunday, and he won by DQ. Yes, only one SmackDown guy got a pinfall victory on the night. Hey, I tell you what I do know though, one of the Mexican kids, he can play a guitar. <laughs> no, he can. Oh, 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 oh the way he the way he the way he courted it. Yeah, he did do well. And I don't know, why don't they take that and do an angle with it? He'd steal the guitar and start playing something, you know, Hispanic or something. You know what they should do? They should come up with a Quit. challenger for the Intercontinental title. That's what they should they, do. They should probably do that. 
That sounds as, like a as, good as idea. As pointed out good. here, Body Slam Net, very talented young lady, follow her on Twitter. She, or excuse me, Nakamura has not defended the title in two damn months. The last guy he defended the title against was Apollo Crews. He's on another damn show now. Going for another damn mid-card title. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Going oh for it, but goodness. not going for it. That was confusing as all hell this past Monday. I love. I just love how like WWE fans they hear fans be like, "We want Nakamura to get a push." They put the <laughs> king king crown on him. They put the Intercontinental title on him. It's really a push for Rick Boogs. I love how they how everybody was like, <laughs> "We want the Hurt business to come back." They came back. They got squashed three on one against yeah. Goldberg. You haven't seen him since. It's like whatever hey. you. You should really think about what you asked for. Where was it? Where was the crown tonight? Uh, Xavier Woods asked for time off. Asked for the week off. No, but didn't Roman steal it? No, he bu- he broke it. Yeah, he broke he broke the oh, he uh, break tag. He he shattered that Burger King crown into seventeen thousand pieces. Oh, that was embarrassing, really. So maybe Xavier will come back next week with a new crown. Maybe that's why the storyline why he was off is he, he may go having have one made. Yeah, I, I I got to speak to him over the weekend, and he says he has something in the works for a okay. new crown. Oh yes, please oh, let's 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 plug that, Sid, good. because you had quite the hell of a weekend. Let's get some house cleaning here. Yeah, uh, you talked to like six different people that I have never gotten the chance to talk to. So you had a banner freaking Survivor Series weekend. Uh, plug everything that's up on the YouTube channel right now, man. Yeah, check it out. It's up on the Sportskeeda Wrestling YouTube channel right now. My interview with uh, King Woods. He tells me what's his uh, next goals after winning the King of the Ring are for him. He has like a book where he writes down his goals. So he told me what his next one would be. Uh, Jeff Hardy and me got to talk. We we talked about his the three things he would like to accomplish in his WWE in uh, his wrestling career before he retires. One of which is a reunion with his brother. He said that could be here or elsewhere. So uh, definitely check right. that out. Uh, and also I spoke to Shayna Baszler, Rhea Ripley, 24 a former 24-7 champion, yeah. Reggie, and uh, Queen Zelina Vega. So it was a, yes, a very good weekend. I was uh, nervous at first, but uh, very happy with what I was able to uh, get out of the WWE superstars. Got to pop my media cherry. So that was fun. There we go. <laughs> there we go good boy all of those are up on the sports what an analogy we went through all that good stuff to pop a chair <laughs> all right uh do we want to close the book on uh smackdown i think we pretty much covered everything i, I thought the in-ring action was a lot better this week um hey that first hour it flew by it did it, it really did I, I just have an issue i think the main reason why i i'm seeing that i don't like smackdown as of late is their pacing is totally shot there. They will have someone go to the ring. Then they'll do a recap. They'll do a full commercial. They come back from the commercial, do a backstage promo. And then the person in the ring, their music is still playing. They've been standing there for 10 minutes. That's an issue with pacing. I think Mm -hmm. more than anything, I totally agree with Rick. I think the wrestling was better this week than the last couple of weeks. Promo and story wise, SmackDown is always much better than, either of the other two WWE weekly shows in NXT 2.0 or Raw, my main issue week after week seems to be this pacing because the pacing has just been all over the place and it's been the same for the last couple of months now. 
Yeah, I think I, I thought it hadn't changed in 20 years, to tell you the truth. <laughs> they, used to, they used to wait in the ring. We say, go to the ring and just wait. So I just go in the ring and me and Jack and I just, we just, I mean, people weren't, they didn't hate us. So I just stood there and talked to Jack for two minutes or three minutes and then come back and you wait for the cameraman on the floor and he does like this and then you go. It's, I, I think, I think for me tonight was better. Not that the rest, and I, when I say that the wrestling was better, I mean they gave them more time. The matches were longer. They actually, the, the matches actually seemed to. But they there moved. was a beginning, I mean, middle, and was, an end. There was a lot of action in the first yes. hour, even not though they had of, more time. They didn't. They didn't. It didn't drag. Not as yeah. much talking this week. I think last week we had like twelve promos and six matches, and this week we actually had more matches than than talking. So I think uh, overall, uh, it was good. A nice little. But nice little mix there, but in, but in the end, I, I I don't really know what happened or what storylines have really been progressed. It just seemed like uh, time filler tonight. So let's go to Sid's favorite show tonight, AEW Rampage. Uh, started off hot. We had Cole and Fish versus Orange and Yuta. Um, I, oh, wait a minute, who is Yuta? Willa Yuta. He's basically. I just, I, I just saw him the first time tonight. He's basically the young boy for uh, best friends. Best friends have took it, taken him under their wing. Is he Asian, or what is he? Yuta, what is that? Or is that just a name? I I don't even try to, to guess. <laughs> I will have I will have to look that up. That's a great that's a great a great question. Let's see Wheeler Yuta. Is it Wheeler Yuta? Yeah, Yuta Wheeler. Willa Yuta. Um, okay. He looked, he was okay. This is this is one of my main issues with He's from Philadelphia. I don't yeah. need nothing now. Where's his parents from? That's what I want to know. I want to know background. This is a thing that uh that that Cole kid, I don't think they're doing him any favors. They're not he's supposed no. to be the big star from NXT and he's in like I mean why, why was he in the match? It wasn't hot, was it? That he did anything with uh, Cassidy? I, mean, I, thought, I thought the fans were very hot for him in Orange Cassidy. It made it made me actually want to see them go one-on-one because of the fans' response to the whole mm-hmm. uh, Adam Cole, baby, and the hands in the pocket. Like They, they literally had the, the crowd on their feet with not doing anything in the ring, basically. So I think the fans actually want to see that matchup. I could see where you're coming from if you're somebody that thought, you know, Adam Cole comes in, he's immediately going to get up to the main event scene. But that's not just I, I really don't feel like that's how AEW does things. No. But I think they are going in a different direction with what Cole is doing now. Now that they finally taken him away from Jurassic Express. So I wouldn't mind an Adam Cole versus Orange Cassidy match. And I thought that this was a very good opener. The crowd was into everything. All four guys worked very hard. I, I thought it was a big win for uh, Bobby Fish because I just thought Bobby Fish is in the match to take the loss here. But uh, Will and Yuta instead took it with that sick Falcon Arrow off the top rope. The Avalanche was- Falcon Arrow. That yeah. was that was insane. I did really like the um, the battle over the pockets at the beginning. Usually I'm a believable kind of guy, and it's like, who cares? Let him put his damn hands in his pockets. But that was just fun. That was just a fun exchange. The crowd was really, really into it. Orange, when he goes up to get the crowd involved, and Adam Cole's like, 
screw your damn crowd reaction. I'll show you a freaking crowd reaction before you even get into it. And he's, it was just really, it was just really, really fun. And by the way, Orange Cassidy, what that man can do with his hands and his pants is is absolutely insane. He might be the most impressive man with his hands and his pants since Al Bundy scored four touchdowns in one game for Polkai. That <laughs> hey, that guy. I just watched him in that. That guy is very talented. I mean, and he he just goes this. That's his gimmick, his hands in the pants, and he got it over. Yeah. So power to him because that would be a hard gimmick to get over. But you got to have the support of the promoter if you want to get it over. But he got it over. It's even harder to transition on TV. Like, yeah. Because that, that I, character works in house shows. That's where your social media comes in. I find it I find it funny because I remember when Orange Cassidy debuted for AEW and before he debuted, a lot of people like the Jim Cornette of the world thought, oh, you know, your casual fans are not going to get into somebody like this. But when I, I actually watched Rampage tonight with a casual fan, they loved the two people they loved the most was Orange Cassidy because they knew the gimmick right just watching. Oh, the the person turned to me and was like, "His gimmick is he's lazy." I was like, "Yep." She, he was like, "He was like, that's like the perfect gimmick for nowadays because that's <laughs> that's the that's what the generation gets described." As. I was like, "Exactly," and he was into the whole match because of that. And then later on in the night, the the promo before the main event, he was instantly into Eddie Kingston. So those two characters that probably someone who's never watched AEW would just or saw like a picture of them would be like, oh, these are two people that casual fans will not be attracted to. I think those are the guys that attract attract casual fans the most because these are two characters well, he's, he's you different in WWE. He's different. Yeah. yeah. Totally different. But I think a lot of these guys get these gimmicks over on social media first because they can go have a match somewhere and do exactly how they want to promote themselves. And they did it shared everywhere. So a lot of people know who they are. And it's a lot that, to me. It's a lot more effective than TV in a lot of ways. And I think this is where WWE does themselves a massive disservice is because they, on the indie scene, these guys get over with these characters and people know them and they love them. And they want to see them on a bigger platform. And then they come in and NXT and they're like, all right, everything, you know, Get rid of it. We're going to give you a new name and a new character, and now you play poker and go. Get mm -hmm. over or you're fired. Uh, that's, you know, that's they do do that. Ah, dang I it. Mean, they I can't hear anything. I stepped on my uh, cord. Really? Somebody talked. Hey, Sid, you know what he's doing? What is he doing? He's looking for his ass after you beat the shit out of him in trivia. One of these days, oh, I'll yeah. stop doing that. What I miss? Uh, nothing. I'm gonna go back and watch that. I didn't say nothing. Uh huh. I he ain't say nothing. He ain't say nothing but I, the I, truth. I, I didn't say nothing. Nothing. I do not, didn't do nothing. This was a trivia thing. All right. Anyway. Uh. So yeah. Fun opening match. Nice win for uh for Bobby Fish. Here's he another. Fun. Here's another big bitch. God slow those announcers down. I mean, I cannot. I mean, it, even when they're talking about uh, an event, if it wouldn't, you know, they, they fun it, but they just run through it so much. It's almost like the announcers can't wait to get their stuff in. Just like the rest of that's true. Gotta but, get their shit in. 
and Mark Henry has gotten better. Believe it or he, not, he's he's found his niche with this. Yep. With this, yo, I've I've been hearing so many people who were just not into him those first couple of weeks when he was on commentary. Now they're big fans. I've been seeing people on social media be like, they want it's not, it's time for the main event as a as a T-shirt. I do. I want it. Yeah, I yeah. want it. <laughs> no, he's he's much better. I think he was nervous too. Oh, but yeah. he's much, he's much better. But those Which, announcers, they they talk incessantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, <laughs> and and you miss a lot of it. Yeah, that's what I liked about Lance Russell in Memphis. He wasn't word crazy, and he, they would do something, and then he'd put a reason to it or whatever. But he gave you he gave time for the whatever they have done. He let it breathe. So. That's one thing I think they could change. But how many announcers did they have tonight? They had four. Four again. And how can you, you know, WWE has trouble with three. Mm-hmm. They actually have trouble with two. AEW had trouble with three for a while until they got into the groove of things. Yeah, so. they found their, their chemistry. The problem is, is it's a different four people every week. There's no. No, it's the same four the last couple of weeks. The last, yeah, but the last couple of weeks, but since Rampage has been on, it's been damn near four different people almost every freaking night until they found this like niche that they've done is, with. Is that see, Ricky? Is that Ricky Starks? Yeah, Ricky Starks. Yeah. Has, but see, I can't tell their voices apart at this point. They all blend together now. I can tell. Taz. I can tell Jericho apart. Yeah, yeah. I, but, and but the other two, Excalibur and Starks, I, I really can't tell them apart. I tell Excalibur because he's the one saying the moves. <laughs> All the technical moves, every technical name, he throws it out there. He loves he loves to flex that knowledge. And you know what? Really? If you got it, do it. Screw it. I don't Absolutely. care. Absolutely. I think the, I think the biggest problem with Jericho and Taz is I think they're more worried about getting like old school pop culture references in, and that's my gimmick. Quit stealing my shit. Anyway, uh, they're trying to they're trying to pop each other most of the time. Yes, so yes, they are. But that's the issue there. You know what I did like tonight on Rampage? That little girl, what's her name? Riho, Rhea. Riho, Riho, Riho. Had a good match. Oh, it was a great match. And and uh, put her over. Happen, but it's a great yeah, match. And, and put her over. And Dutch, now, could you could could you tell this guy that he has just been uh, trained by WWE to not like non-title matches? Can you tell him how long in history of wrestling non-title matches have been going on and how it's been beneficial to promotions and promoters for years? Yeah, what he said. This <laughs> that's exactly the way I feel, Rick. This was a glor this this was a championship contenders match with a different name on it. Like that's that's all it was. I, and it's just my opinion, I hate yeah. the idea of having to pin the champion to get a shot. At the champion, you don't see that in it. Imagine having to beat Mike Tyson to get a shot at Mike Tyson. It doesn't make any sense. Okay, so Rick, who <laughs> does she beat to get the title shot? Then that's a problem. No, 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 no. Don't tell me what my problem is. I asked you a simple question to to not have Rio beat Britt Baker, which I am saying is literally the only person who has credibility for her to beat to get the title shot. Who else does she beat? Dude, dude, why do we have to do this now? That's my retort. Why do we have to do this now? 
Yes. Anybody See, else with credibility is you, in the TBS you, title tournament. But why do you have you to got do a special? Like you got you got you got winter is coming in two weeks. You got the special on TNT in a month. You got to start building your contenders somehow, some way, someday. And this was their way. Then have her win a, a well, no. match against somebody. I don't give a damn. You can pin you, your champion. That should be the re- last thing you do is pin you, your damn champion. I tried to help you before we were on camera and tell you that literally everyone else that could have been in this self-imposed gauntlet match is in the TBS title tournament, sir. And the, either they are in the TBS title tournament or they lost in the TBS title tournament. Therefore, ergo, they don't have credibility for Rio to beat to get a shot at Britt Baker. Britt Baker has had several non-title matches. And guess what? The, 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 the system has always been the same. Britt Baker wins. Therefore, when she finally does lose a non-title match, it actually matters. I think you are under the belief that all non-title matches are championship contender matches, that there's no difference between... But this was literally a championship contenders match. If Riho... No, it's not! Because because championship contender matches have not even led to everyone winning championship contender matches getting a title opportunity. This one will. The last thing you should do is pin your champion. Excuse me, I gotta take a pill. And maybe that, and maybe this was the last resort. Maybe you're right. Everything kind of lined up through the fact like, crap, we don't have any other options. Still doesn't mean I have to like it. No, I'm not like saying, it. I'm not well, saying the, you have to like it. I just think that people go into that, into their thinking of watching wrestling of, I don't like this, instead of thinking of, how can I do it better? So I asked you the question on how they could do it better. And your answers all tell me that there was no better way to do this, so they had to do it this way. Well, I'll say this much. You've already said it, Rick. Say it Riho, again. Riho countering <laughs> that fisherman neckbreaker. Yeah. Was smooth as hell. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll get the, the finish. I love the finish. I hate the fact that Britt Baker got pinned. But I absolutely loved that finish. Riho is so damn good in the ring. Really- I like I like the finish. I like the match. I don't like the deal. If you win, you get a title shot. I don't. They could have left that out completely. You go in the ring and have uh, uh, Britt thinks she's got this wrapped up, and then the girl beats her. Now it's a bunch of you get to the same spot without a bunch of wraparound stuff. You don't need it. But I like I like that girl, I like that little uh, Japanese girl, Riho. This was W. This was AEW's way of basically making a make good for Riho because she was upset about what happened at All Out when she was eliminated from the Battle Royal, but she didn't go over the top rope. She was upset backstage. There was fans online who mentioned it, and they were upset. And this is something that AEW has continuously do is they acknowledge their mistakes. They come up with the solution, and then they give you the payoff. And that the payoff tonight was Rio getting the win here. So when you look at the top five, everybody else in the top five are in the TBS title tournament. Rio needed a big win to get the number one spot. This was the big win. If they build it up well over a couple of weeks up until winter is coming or the special in January, then I have no issue on this. Uh, 
to the reason that I have an issue with this in regular time with WWE is that these championship contender matches don't even lead to a title match. It leads to another non-title match. At least I have the faith here. This is actually going to lead to a title match. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I can't argue with it. Uh, so I do, I do want to. I'm not ask arguing you, the point. Go ahead. Real quick, I do want to go back because we did have a backstage promo between uh, before that. Uh, we had uh, dueling Tony there for a second, uh, Tony Schiavone, and then Tony Nice. I actually thought this was a a really good showing, a really good promo for uh, Tony Nice talking about, hey, look, it ain't no secret why I've been in the damn audience. I've been scouting. That's what premier athletes do. If some of these other guys who were challenging uh, for the TNT championship against Sammy Guevara were yeah. actually looking at their opponents and watching tape, they would have had a shot against him. And then Sammy comes in and he's like, oh, okay, look, another guy who ain't done shit talking trash. All right, let's hear it. Come on, say it to my damn face. Tony's like, no. And then he changes his tune and everything's fine. He's like, look, I just want to challenge you. Are we cool? We're cool. And then boom, he knocks him the hell down. And he's like, only reason you still have that is because I wasn't here to take it from your ass. Set up the match next week on Rampage. It was perfect. It was a very good uh, introduction to action, shall we say, for Tony Nice. I thought he came off looking really, really good tonight. Since you brought that up, I thought the interview was good. But one punch is going to knock him down after all they do out there in the ring. I'm thinking, my God, he just flicked him. And the guy goes down, oh, my God, I'm dead. That That's I mean, part of a larger issue. Uh, God, I'm, I'm thinking, if you're going to do that, take take and break something over his head. <laughs> or do something to leap. He has to have a reason or to he stay on the ground. He should have hit him in the in the bad ribs like he did afterwards. He if he would have if he would have didn't just punch him in the head. If he would have punched him in the ribs, it would have made more sense because of the injured ribs. This this is part of the. This I, is part if of you the, were a new fan, let me say this. I don't want to drag this down, but if you were a new fan watching and you don't know anything about bad ribs or anything, I mean, if I was producing that segment and he hit him one time and the guy laid, then he pushed on the ribs, I'd say, you got to do it again. <laughs> I mean, I've been with some guys. Now, this was with no action. I was with uh, Hardy, Jeff Hardy one time. Mm -hmm. We shot his segment about 16 times because he couldn't get it. And we didn't have that much for him to say, but he was having one of those days and he just didn't get it. So when you got to stay in a room with somebody, and I've done it, you know, Jeff surprised me because he's been in the business for 400 years. Some new guys that, that don't get it, you just shoot over and over and over and over. And they keep saying, oh, yeah, I got it, I got it, I got it, and get it, screw it up again. And it's very frustrating, so... Yeah, they don't really do that in AEW. If there's a mistake, they just, you know, just kind of roll with it and and, and and leave it in. They don't try to overproduce, overperfect everything. Which not over you don't have to overproduce it. But the guy's got to get it right. If he's got to do an interview that you kind of believe it, if you're not believing it, the fans are not gonna believe it. Yeah. And when they flub lines, you can't help that. They they may have had the the tone of the interview good, fine. But they flubbed the word, they flubbed the phrase, or whatever you had them to say. Even if they were saying it on their own, they flubbed their own stuff. So you got to stop it because then they look like really jack offs. 
I think I think AEW did a great job of uh, building up for next week, though, with the Tony Nese and Sammy Guevara TNT Championship matchup. They, as they, well should, as, have, they should have a hell of a match. Uh, even better than that, though, Lucha Bros versus FTR, two out of three falls. I can't wait for next Friday, ladies and gentlemen. That's going to be a, a delight to watch. That might only be that might be thirty five minutes of the whole damn show. <laughs> That's why I was like, when they named two matches, I was like, they literally could do the the whole hour on those two matches. My hope is that they don't like, they don't go that like, oh crap, we're we're crunched for time. All right, so let's do the thing where we do a disqualification like really really quick at the beginning, and then beat them down, and then there's a pinfall, and then all right, now the next twelve minutes gonna be the 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 deciding factor, which is basically a one falls match at that point. So this is a that's how WWE is, books all of their two out of three falls matches. <laughs> when does WWE book two out of three fall matches? Uh, I never I never remember one. There, there was a time where they did it like four times a night because yeah. oh, won yeah. any wrestling during the commercial breaks. I don't think we've had one since. Hey guys, years ago when wrestling was brand not brand new, but they would go to a town, these smaller territories. They'd send four guys, four wrestlers, and two wrestlers would be on a single match, maybe going Broadway or 15 minutes. Then the next match would go out to two other guys. Then they'd take an inter- they took an intermission after every match, and then they would go out there, the four guys in a tag team, two out of three, and that was your show. And they did good business. It's hard to believe that, right? I remember some guys would go back between fall. Jackie Fargo did this. He would change into a different outfit <laughs> between falls, and he'd come out to something else. It was entertaining. <laughs> Pulling the Mick Foley before Mick Foley was Mick Foley. Um, <laughs> all right, Sid, I'm going to have you take the lead for the main event because I missed a good chunk of it trying to get us on the air tonight because we had a snafu. So uh, what, what happened? I, I saw dudes hitting the hell out of each other. I saw that. It, you missed a fight. That was it. Was it those was, are my favorite kind of matches too? Dude. It was two New Yorkers went out on a Friday night. One from Buffalo, one from Yonkers, and they went out there and beat the crap out of each other. That's why I do enjoy watching sometimes wrestling with a casual fan because, like, literally, the person once again, this person, yeah, said, he, he kicked the crap out of him. Yeah, they was like, they was like, wait, 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 what you got me watching? This this feels real. Like this feels like a lot of the even just the beginning. They didn't do the lock up like you usually see. They got down on the ground. They started yep. grappling with each other. Eddie's like putting in elbow shots, and they're like uh, pushing each other in the face when they get each other in the corner. It was just hard hitting. It was very gritty. That's what that's what I like to see. I like to see a gritty fight that makes me believe that I'm seeing a fight. So that's what this did. I thought that this was a great main event. Once again, Daniel Garcia delivers in the main event against a big-time star. He did that once again. And he's one of the most gifted uh, young performers in professional wrestling today. Just how how good he is as, like, working on a body part, grinding and attacking yeah. it. He just does it in such a realistic and authentic way. And, and he had the perfect dance partner in Eddie. And I like how how he reversed Eddie's finisher and Eddie just kept spinning and hit another spinning back fist to get the victory. I thought it was a good finish. I like Eddie hurting his knee, selling yes. his knee, because that slowed him down and he was fighting. And so he's telling a story, really. He's yeah. 
he's fighting, but he's fighting through an injury now. So, and I, everybody got that, that his knee is hurt. And he, so he may not be able to do what he normally does, but it was, it was good for what it was. And like you said, it was, a, it was a believable performance because that's yeah. what, that's Kingston's forte. Eddie's forte that, you know, and he, I don't think he would ever say I'm a great wrestler, but he'll say I'm a hell of a damn fighter. He's a believable person, a believable wrestler, a believable character. And I, I, I love the fact you mentioned the his selling of the knee, Dutch, because that he really makes you believe there's something wrong with his knee. Whenever mm -hmm. he has trouble with his knee, you legitimately realize. And it's the one sell when he's getting thrown into the turnbuckle and he just, like, slides down and starts selling his knee. That's the one that's just like, is he really hurt? Like, is he mm -hmm. okay? Like, the way he does it is just great. Well, and even when you talk to him, this really is his own screen uh, character. It's yeah. almost the same thing as Austin. He's like a Steve Austin. He's the same guy when you see him on screen or off. So, and he doesn't change that much. But they had a good match. They really did. That that kid. What's a, what's the kid's name that he worked with? Daniel Garcia. He's very yeah. good. Twenty three. Yeah. He's got a bright, bright future. Uh, ahead of him now uh garcia and 2.0 after the match i did see the the finish start the beat down of uh eddie kingston and then we get babyface chris jericho yep slowly walking down to the ring to make the save and and close out the the show what are we making of uh y2j the pain maker strolling down to the ring like it's a casual sunday afternoon he was in no hurry to make this save tonight <laughs> Next we gonna have we gonna have Cody starting to try to team up with Hangman Page again. Like, yo, I'm sick of these <laughs> I'm sick of these guys who getting booed or not getting the response they once got. We're trying to leech on to the to the to the to the more popular guy. Yeah, but Cody could make that work. The people kind of hate him anyway. And if you team with a baby face that they like, all you gotta do is turn against him. That's true. And they just take off because they 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 they're looking for a reason to really hate Cody anyway. Even his wife is getting. He's giving them right? enough by not not. No, that's it's, that's organic, right? That's just yeah. a natural reaction. You know what? I think I think if Cody teamed up with a babyface to try to get cheered, it would be like when the bar first started, when everybody was cheering for Cesaro but still booing the hell out of Sheamus anytime he was in the ring. It was, it was still like the only babyface heel tag team I've ever seen that I can like remember, except I think this would be accelerated by or amplified by a million because they hate Cody Rose's ass for some damn reason. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he kicked, went out and just kicked everybody's dog or what, but like, he can't do anything right. Like nothing. In, in in real life on screen, I just see people constantly shitting on Cody Rhodes, and I don't know what it is to be honest with you. Am I out of hey, the loop? If, if, if I was Cody, I'd be delighted because it did the work for me. True. <laughs> now I don't gotta work. I just gotta go out there and just look around and <laughs> throw your belt into the crowd and just you know duck. And they, do they, they do they throw it back? Yeah, they threw yeah. it back. They threw it back on night uh, on dynamite. Oh, that's good. Because your work is done. Now you just got to go give them a, 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 a genuine reason to dislike you, and you're, you're off and running. Yeah. So if he turned against, against 
an over baby face like the, the cowboy kid, Hangman, or, or Cassidy. That's they true. Would hate, they, they would hate him. So, If I'm Cody and I finally decide to pull the trigger and say, all right, yeah, I'm going to be the biggest piece of shit heel in this company because that's what the fans want. That's exactly what I would do. I'd book myself in a tag team match where I'm partnering with Hangman Page, and then I would turn on Hangman Page and say, guess what? I'm the next challenger for the AEW World Championship, which, by the way, I'm not allowed to challenge for, but that was my own damn rule. Screw it. It's out the window. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how I do it. That's what yeah. makes the most sense, but I don't know if Cody actually wants to do that. He doesn't. He doesn't. I think that's that's. So how how do you know he does it? I think he. I don't think he'd be adverse to it. I mean, that's what he's been telling people, basically. Yeah, he doesn't want to do it. Whether it's been in his reality show, whether it's been in interviews, whether it's been on his conference calls, whether he's kayfabing it or it's a work a shoot, I don't know. But that has been his mo. That's like, look, when I lost that match and I said I would never challenge for the AEW World Championship, I meant it, and. That was back when he was like King Babyface of AEW. Yeah. Uh, well, the world has has it changed. Uh, the world has a changed <laughs> quite a bit. Um, one suggestion I would for Dutch, I would go out of my way to watch the MJF CM Punk promo exchange on. Oh, it was good. It was fantastic, fantastic mm-hmm. in every that way. That was that was everything I wanted. See, when you get two talents more. like that that are over, and they can talk. Ron Fuller used to say this all the time. He say, "Boys, you just gotta talk them in," and that's and that's what they did. I don't know if they talked to anybody in or not, but if it's an interesting promo, then that will get your attention. Even better than a great match, yeah. Because once they've seen the match, now they're gonna see another match. You may hurt your own cause with the first match, but if you if they cut that promo and you buy into it, that's that ether zone I talk about that either or is it or not. And once you can get them in there, you know so how long how long was the interview? It was nineteen minutes. Yeah, like twenty minutes. Wow. And they held them they held them for twenty? Yep. Yeah. There was nineteen minutes, the longest promo, I think, segment in AEW history. Some Awesome one-liners. No what chance. No, they were into everything they had to say. Uh, the one thing I really love about AEW is they are not. They will always go back to history, whether it's their history or not. Yeah. And when MJF is like, "What? What the hell? What, what? What's going on with PG Punk here? You might as well be up here, uh, pimping hustle, loyalty, and respect, and all uh, dropping the John Cena liners." And CM Punk just going, "Dude." Basically, the Miz is freaking better than you. Well, he called him a less famous, less famous Miz. Miz. Yeah, I know. A less so, what? A less a famous Miz. Miz. He said you're a less famous Miz. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then he he said, and they get that. He yes, had, Punk. I mean, and yes. It was it wasn't just one sided. Punk had some great lines toward him too. He was like, "You're so busy. You're t- you're talking about the four pillars of AEW, and you don't even realize that Britt Baker replaced you." <laughs> yes. That was good. The best line, though, was was when when he basically compared him to Triple H. I forget exactly what he said. He said he said you're you're talking about how you're the number one. We would have to we would have to wait so long for you to be number one that Tony would get a daughter and you would have to marry your way there. 
but the the thing is, it's inside. But they get that. Yes. So they know their audience, and they know what references their audience will will know, and their and audience that, delivered. And that is a key to success. Know your audience. Yep. And they know their audience. And don't ignore. Uh, no, they don't ignore it. No, the other company does. Um, here's the thing. Here's the thing I love most about that. They're just getting started. That was round one. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> that was round one. God dang. This is this this is what I wanted. This is what everybody wanted. These two guys delivered, and yeah, I don't even have to see these guys fight. No, they literally, just talk. Just, just talk. <laughs> Their big blow off match could be a debate. I wouldn't care. <laughs> I'd want to watch that more than a match, to be completely honest. But I'm more of a story guy than a match guy. That's just yeah. me. All right, Sid, final thoughts. What you got going on? I know you got your show tomorrow. Yes, check out the True Hill Heat YouTube channel tomorrow, 11.05 a.m. Eastern time. We're going live with True Hill Heat 140, 153 as we invite back our special guest, Jarrett Bailey of uh, Fansided uh, NFL. He's going to be talking to us about the week that was with Survivor Series, as well as the latest wrestling news, including Johnny Gargano's contract status. So a lot of good things coming up. True Hill Heat tomorrow. And like I said before, check out my interviews right here on the Sports Heater Wrestling YouTube channel. Uh, King Woods, Jeff Hardy, Shayna Baszler, Rhea Ripley, Reggie, and Queen Zelina. So some great stuff right there. And uh, thank you all for watching and hope everyone's having a great Thanksgiving weekend. That's what you got going on. I'm going to do in the next probably three or four weeks a virtual signing uh, for fans. I'll hit it on my Facebook page. I'll hit it on my Twitter and my Instagram. And you can uh, sign autographs and and my books and my trading cards. And uh, you can uh, go to my website, Dirty Dutch Mantel with two L's, dot com, when I update it. And we'll go from there. If you want to ask me a question, dirtydustmantel at gmail.com, and I'll get back to you. So, All right, and don't well, ask me a bunch of questions about Rick, please, people. I, I get mean, a lot this of is what I get a lot wants to know about. I get a lot you know? of I get a lot of questions about you, Rick. I don't know why. I'm popular. I don't. I mean, well, it's not about popularity. Some people might say about. I'm the face of this of this brand that is Sports Keto. Some people might say I that. would say that, Rick. <laughs> I would say that. Um, yes, uh, Sid wasn't the only one who got to talk to some WWE people uh, last week. I get, I have a great 20-minute conversation up there with Drew McIntyre. Yes, I know. He talks to everybody. He's talked to me seven times this year. But it's still a damn good conversation. Get your ass up on the Sports Kid Wrestling YouTube channel and check that out. Go to ESPN1530.com. Go to Cincy360 on the podcast section. Listen to my conversation uh, with Big E. Uh, yes, we plugged Raw Cincinnati, but we talked about so much more uh, than that. Uh, also up on the Sports Kid Wrestling YouTube channel right now is our big Inside Cradle Thanksgiving special, which was a, a really fun uh, episode. We spent a lot of time talking about food. It was supposed to be a half-hour episode. We were just kind of BSing about Thanksgiving. It ended up going an hour and 20. Uh, I blame Sid for joining the show and elongating that. And for you NFL fans, I will be back on Sirius XM this Sunday, Channel 88 NFL Radio, uh, breaking down a big matchup this week. The Pittsburgh Steelers coming to town to take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Hopefully my Bengals can put a final nail 
uh, in their coffin for this season. That would be fantastic. We do appreciate everybody who has tuned in for the last hour and 34 minutes. Plus, you sick bastards. It is 1242 in the morning. Go to bed, folks. God. Enjoy your weekend. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Hope you have a fantastic small business Saturday, Cyber Monday. We'll be back next week, next Friday, 11.05. Big rampage coming up. I'm assuming there will be matches on SmackDown. We'll talk about them all. Take care, guys. Have a great week.